Thank you for joining me today. I can't wait to share. Uh, my guest speaker here is Alicia Floyd. She is a leader in a Fortune 100 company. She is a mom of boys, a beloved wife of somebody that owns a local business here in Somerville. She is a philanthropist in our community and a powerhouse with a wonderful story you do not want to miss. joining me today. This is an honor and a privilege to have you on to the podcast. Thank you so much. You kind of had asked me earlier, you know, why, you know, maybe I was inviting you and here's why. You are, I admire you a lot because you're a leader in this community. You pour back into it. You're a huge philanthropist and we're going to talk about that. You are a real estate investor. Uh, you have bought some short-term rental properties that are now becoming liquid with some asset, you know, some, some money rolling in. You're running it as a true business. Um, you have a, a family. You've got two boys. You've got a husband that you love on and admire, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll talk about him if you're okay talking personal world. Oh, yeah, my man. Yeah, yeah. So from an outsider looking into your world, now we do know each other um, socially, and our kids have gone to the same school and such, but um, from anybody looking into your world, they see a powerhouse woman. So that's why you're here today, because I want everybody, I want our viewers to be able to look into your world and and see, how does she do it? How does she manage and balance work life? So welcome, and then thank you for being here. It's so humble to be here. Thank you so much, Ronnie. You bet. So let's talk first about your business, because um, as a woman leader within a big Fortune 100 company, uh, an aerospace company that's here local to Charleston, I, I admire you from, from an executive standpoint, and that's consuming of your time, right? Most certainly. And uh, to be a woman in that kind of position is a powerful place to be. And there's a lot of women that want to break through a glass ceiling, you know, and, and be in to a, an executive kind of position. How have you gotten there? How's, how's that journey? And what is your role within the company? Yeah, I appreciate that question. You know, it started back in the recession. Do you remember that year, 2008? Eight? I, oh, do I remember <laughs> that year? I was in real estate back I, then, and you betcha, I do. Yeah. Very and we were in clearly. construction. Um, yes. And basically, from a resume standpoint, and as a woman trying to get into corporate America, I was considered overeducated and underworked experienced. And it was a very humbling time in my career. Um, that required me to be creative, right? Like, how can I get into industry and show my value? And uh, I had an opportunity with the Fortune 100 company, one of the largest manufacturers here in the Low Country, that gave me that chance. And it was a humbling statement of work at first. It was as a contractor working on the floor. But I rolled up my sleeves, and whether it was broom or tape or whatever was needed um, to do the job, I went in and I showed them my value right? My, my eagerness and my willingness to mm -hmm. help with the bottom line, to help the people, and quickly was promoted. And a decade now in corporate America, I'd say it's all been come from raising my hand to say, I'm willing to solve that problem. Even if I don't have the answer now, I'll seek understanding. So just constantly being in a position of seeking understanding has got me to where I am. I say curiosity really is a competitive advantage. And curiosity has been my competitive advantage. And I've just been kind of a passion project within my company. I do a lot of efforts around diversity and inclusion, specifically around women in leadership. We've held forums inviting women from 
from all levels in their career, whether it's politically, academically, corporate, to come together in a forum to talk about our strengths and what we bring to our industries or to our schools or to government. And it's really powerful when you take that moment to pause. Um, whether it's March Women's History Month, to celebrate one another as women. Yeah, that um, it's empowering. It's empowering, and it doesn't really matter. I, I think that's a strong message. It doesn't matter the gender. Mm-hmm. you got to put forth the effort and the work and wake up every day with um, a spirit of a go get them attitude mm-hmm. and being able to be on the ground, you know, ground zero and just work for that position. And you've done it. Mm -hmm. And you have done it. You do travel some with your work. And so talk about your family a little bit as they're here in in the Somerville area. Um, You you have a strong relationship with your husband. You've Mm -hmm. got two very active boys. Mm -hmm. So when you're traveling, how does that, you know, what are the challenges, I guess, with, with being gone as an executive? Yeah, so often I'm asked, like, how do you balance it? Yeah. And I say balance is somewhat of a fairy tale right? It might be a myth. I have found an opportunity to blend. All of us have different leadership titles, right? You're a mother, you're a professional, you're a leader in the community. How do you balance all of those things? Mm -hmm. So I find opportunities for blending, right? So if there is an opportunity for me to go on business travel, but in addition to couple it with some time off and to actually bring my family on travel with me, I'll do that because I'm able to grow my professional career and get that acumen that I need geographically in different places. I'm also able to share the cultural learning moments with my family, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the privileges of my husband being self-employed and running Floyd Fence is that flexibility that he can come in and wear that stronger parent title as a father where I might need him in that support. So I do think there is a little bit of that blending of roles in all different times. Yeah. Talk about Floyd fencing for just a moment. We kind of gave a plug in. I know I've sent Tristan some work. He does excellent work for uh, anybody that's in the low country that needs a fence installed. Um, He does do a great work, but he is an entrepreneurial and y'all kind of have that spirit um, in the the household. And I think it's a great training for the boys. Yeah, most certainly. You know, it comes back to 2008 when the real estate and the construction industry was um, being hit. I was honestly falling in love with the Mr. Tristan and um, the economy was crashing while we were falling in love, you know, and you think about those opportunities when you want to start life together. And it Mm -hmm. is quite humbling when financially there's those impacts when you want to begin life. We took an opportunity to make lemonade out of lemons. The company that he worked for went bankrupt in the construction industry. And I saw an opportunity as a recent graduate of the Citadel um, MBA program to acquire and buy that company that was going bankrupt. So we co-run that together. And when you start from zero, the only thing you can do is go up. And I would say it's due to his workmanship, right, and his kindness. He is a true Southern gentleman in running that company. And I've been able to step back and focus on other opportunities. Well, let's talk about for a moment, as you brought up travel, I live vicariously through, you know, I too love to travel. I've kind of taken a, 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 a an approach in life that it's about the moments and the memories that you're mm-hmm. creating with those that you love. Um, you guys travel a lot as a family and in doing so, you've been exploring areas and also buying investment properties that you short-term lease, mm-hmm. STRs as we know them in real estate. Are you open to talking about the... Um, journey that has led you into 
uh, buying these short-term rentals and running it as a full-fledged business, you know, side business as well. Yeah. And Ronnie, I love your pictures too. Your girls there in New York, that was, I was like, we're adding that. <laughs> Do it. To the next trip. <laughs> yes. Yes. Every year I try to take one trip and actually, in fact, on a side note, I do a lot of our trips one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. because otherwise it becomes management. As a single parent, um, I want to create relationships on those trips uh, with the girls. And when it's three kids to one parent, it sometimes gets to be more of a management. And so this was a big one to take all three of them on. And it was. It was incredible opportunity. But um yeah, I'm, who knows what 2023 mm -hmm. is going to bring. I'm definitely going to benchmark that because I yeah. think one of the love languages is quality time. So having that one-on-one -on -one with the trips. Do it. But yeah, back to the question. I would say um, I went to Disney World uh, 12 years ago. And it was magical, right? But it was also an element of somewhat exhausting. And I thought about, you know, why do we want to be in this hustle of working 40, 60 hours a week every day, right? And then thinking about, that one or two trips a year. So I thought about what can we do differently as a family to prioritize quality time and exploring and curiosity and just sharing the beauty of this world, right? Whether it's geographically, culturally, through food. And we bought and took a risk. Again, in a recession, 2020, we bought a property um, in beautiful Edisto Island as a place to just escape and to do family time. And that was really the priority. And then from there, it kind of evolved from making memories to making money. Yeah. So now when I go in and I look at opportunities to invest, I say, can we make memories and or can we make money? <laughs> and we have found a way to do both. And it truly is a blessing. And there are some tips that I could give on the way that we do it. We do it, you know, very modestly with less than a thousand square footage, looking at HOAs, making sure that it's a place that we can have personal enjoyment as a family in that cost benefit analysis, if it might not make as much money in different seasons. And we're on our fourth property. We got our first mountain property out of state in West Virginia in Snowshoe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my five-year-old, he came to mommy and he said, I've never seen snow. So again, that motivation yeah. of making memories or making money is how we make our decisions in these um, investment properties. So in thinking about running this as a business, you, you did put it, you, you incorporated that, correct? Yes, ma'am. And so now um, it has its own entity and P&L and you're full-fledged running it to make money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to push into that realm. I talk with a lot of investors that want to push into that realm. Um, you got to take a leap of faith at some point. Mm -hmm. You got to be smart and do your, do your education behind that investment. But at some point you just got to pull the trigger and make you it happen. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of literature and books and podcasts about just do it right? Yeah. And again, it comes back to that simple fact that I'm willing to take that risk financially because I know in the cost benefit analysis, I'm going to make memories. And if I can make vacationing into a business, then that is a win all in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about for a moment, you, um, putting back into the community. We both live here in Somerville. We both have a love for our community. Um, but you have a real passion for um, pouring back into it. And in fact, you even had an honor. I was at an event last year where you even received an honor. Talk about your community involvement. Yeah, I appreciate that. I would say once upon a time, I was that little girl that was at risk and in need. And I know what it's like to be on the recipient side of that whether it's for the first time ever having a Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. 
or having a warm coat or a pair of shoes that you don't need to duct tape, right? So with that, the test before the testimony, I am just in a place right now where I feel very blessed that I can give one of three things. I had a mentor at the Citadel tell me, Alicia, as, as a leader, as a true leader of service, you're to give your time, your talent, or your treasures. So when I reflect, you know, maybe a decade ago, I didn't have a lot of treasures to give, monetary donations, sponsorships, but I had time to give or my talent. And now I'm in a different place in my, my career where maybe I have that ability to give more treasures and less time. So I encourage all the listeners on the call, we all have an opportunity to give back, right? Either time, talent, or treasures. And every year... I rotate on different boards to sit as an advisor role, and that's to give your talent, right? To share your domain of expertise to help that organization. Because nonprofits are businesses too that need to run, right? Um, right now I'm on the Dorchester um, Education Foundation, which is absolutely rewarding. We have the big event coming up soon. So mm -hmm. if you're looking for an opportunity to sponsor, <laughs> um, Ronnie. It'd be a good one to do, has a good one to do, um, most certainly. But just again, reflecting on my childhood and where I am today, it's because of the different people that mentored me, sponsored me, and showed me something that wasn't in my everyday, right? Mm -hmm. They were the light, and I just want to be the light. And it's amazing. Um, we, we typically give because we want to give of our time and talent and skill base, but it also, it, we reap rewards. Every mm -hmm. time we pour into something, usually it comes back at us in a yeah. way of love and satisfaction. So much intrinsic reward in giving back. Yeah. And again, back to that question around balance that I answered in turn with blending, mm -hmm. I find a way to incorporate my children into this. So you might have seen that my oldest son and I, we actually spent our one-on-one -on -one quality time together volunteering in the community. So we've adopted the highway, we've done Backpack Buddies with Food Bank, we've done um, House of Hope. You know, there's so many great opportunities for you to instill that into your children while also being a parent. So you don't have to pick one or the other. It's something that you can do together. And then you're instilling those values into your children and role modeling it. Alicia, you had um, mentioned kindness, and, and people in your past have extended that uh, kindness and grace to you. Uh, do you mind sharing with us a story from your upbringing childhood that has been impactful? Yeah, it definitely will help our listeners. There's a couple stories that I think about really you know, have impacted me as an adult and helped me prioritize where I'm going to spend my energy. And, you know, I mentioned a Christmas. I remember when I got to shop with a cop because... My siblings and I were nominated through the Salvation Army, and I'd never been in a Target, a Target, oh, wow. yeah. and the first time going into there, and we were able to spend $75 with this cop, and I'd never known that type of money in my entire childhood, and honestly, I didn't even know how to spend it. When we were going through, I was more focused on things like, okay, well, I need a shirt, a coat, and I remember the cops telling me, you need joy get a toy, mm -hmm. right? And that wasn't even in my, my realm of ideas, right? To, to buy myself something that would bring joy. And I think about some of the nonprofits that I spend my time with now. It's what's a childhood without joy. And there's some really great organizations that focus on giving bikes, right, to children and things of that nature. Um, there's been other opportunities when um, in my childhood I was maybe nominated to be on homecoming court, right, by my peers. 
And I never felt any type of um, external beauty before or recognition because I was always somewhat of lower self-esteem because I didn't even have proper attire or shoes. So that moment kind of in my more teens, we couldn't even afford my dress to be worn. Gosh, gosh. To be on court. And I'm thinking about, look at all these beautiful women, you know, young ladies in these dresses. And thank you for this recognition by my peers. I don't have a dress to wear. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mother made a decision at that moment that we would be without power for two months. We did not pay the electricity bill so I could have a dress. Oh, wow, Alicia. And I remember doing my makeup by homecoming in candlelight, right? Um, Because we had no power. And nobody knows when I attended, right, that I got ready in the dark and that my family made a sacrifice to have no electricity or heat um, so I could have that moment of recognition. So it's, again, those moments of kindness and sacrifice that we do for one another. I think about college. I was graduating Victorian. And I didn't even apply to one college because I'm first generation. I didn't know what an SAT was or how to apply. I didn't even have the $30 for an application for college. So I didn't apply. And somebody found out, and it's still a mystery to this day who this mentor is. I think he's in Congress now. But he found out about my story and paid my $30 fee. And of course, I was accepted and had a full ride into college. But people don't think that that $30 might stop somebody from an entire future. Mm -hmm. And when I came into my dorm room, I didn't have money for a computer or bedding. And I walked into the dorm room and it was fully furnished. Wow. Wow. I want to be that for for those that were for me. No wonder. No wonder why you pour into the community because people have extended that love and sacrifice Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing those intimate moments and and what it has created into you. Thank you. Yeah, and I hope that the listeners can hear about that resiliency. And again, that theme of kindness. You know, I've gotten to where I am today by working hard and being kind and humble and curious. Those are such competitive qualities in a human being, regardless of what you, you do for a living. Yeah, well, thank you. That's a great message to deliver. Well, I think our listeners will clearly see why I asked you to come on today because you have figured out how to build a career and run a family and have this other um, source of income through uh, short-term rentals. You've blended it all and you've done it very gracefully. And um, you still, meanwhile, have strong relationships with your friends and extended family. And so I just commend you and I hope that uh, our listeners are encouraged by your story. Thank you so much, Ronnie. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. If I can assist you, reach out. Let's talk. Mm-hmm.